Hello, this is Representative Pam Powers Hanley. Welcome to my podcast, A View from the Left Side. For many years in the Arizona House, my seat was on the far left side of the chamber. As a progressive Democrat and one of the most independent representatives in the House, I always believed that was a fitting seat for me. This podcast features in-depth interviews with newsmakers from all walks of life, as well as political and social commentary. Thanks for joining me on the left side today. Season 2, Episode 6 of A View from the Left Side includes legislative updates that were recorded between March 8, 2022 and March 14, 2022. They include PC elections, wasting time in the legislature, and remembering Senator David Bradley. What's the controversy over HB 2839 and election of precinct committee people? Recorded March 8, 2022. Today's video is about a kerfuffle around HB 2839. This is a bill that was passed out of the House and the Senate and signed by Governor Doug Ducey just a few days ago. Unfortunately, mostly for the Republicans, it blew up on social media over the weekend. The reason that this bill blew up is uh, this one section about precinct committee people. This bill overall is about how many signatures people have to gather for their nominating petitions. And it goes through different levels of offices like Congress and the legislature and all the way down to the precinct committee people. The precinct committee section is the part that's getting a lot of attention on social media because people don't like it. There are lots of levels of organization in the state parties. The base, the grassroots, these are the precinct committee people. I'm a precinct committee person and so is my husband. And so what's setting this whole bill on fire is section four about the precinct committee people. It waives election of precinct committee people. Right now, people like me and Jim are trying to collect 10 whopping signatures from people in our precinct in order to submit the signatures and the nominating petition. This bill says that we don't need to collect the signatures that the election of PCs will be waived. There are elected PCs and appointed PCs, and the elected PCs have more rights and duties. For example, elected PCs can vote on bylaws. They can vote on officers for the county party and officers for the state party. The other thing, elected PCs can serve on the state committee. The Democrats and the Republicans each have a state committee of elected PCs. They pass resolutions. They they have all sorts of things. The problem with this law is that all of the PCs would be appointed. So who's going to be elected? Who's going to be the PC that can actually vote on those officers? Or does this bill really mess up the state organization for the parties? So this says that the PCs don't have to be elected. They'll submit a nominating petition to their county party. The county parties will send one name to the board of supervisors, and that one person will be a PC. 
This would dramatically reduce the number of PCs. It would dramatically reduce the number of people on the state committee. It would dramatically reduce the number of people who could vote for county and state party officers. It's a little bit conflicting, though. In number five, it says that the county party can appoint PCs to fill the vacancies. For example, in my precinct, there are eight PCs. If only one is appointed, then there are seven vacancies. Some of the counties are saying there's no big deal with 2839 because we'll send the one name to the county board of supervisors and then we'll just appoint all the other people. But then who's appointed and who's elected? You know, the elected PCs have more rights and more responsibilities and more duty and more power. Is everybody elected or is everybody appointed? There are differences amongst the lawyers on what this bill says. This needs to be fixed, I think. I don't know what the fix is. We were supposed to hear a bill the other day, 2840, which was never heard. That one would have just gotten rid of the whole section. I don't know that that fixes it. Part of this problem was created because a few years ago, the legislature passed a bill that moved the primary date up. I voted against it because I thought it would favor incumbents, but I also saw that this was going to put signature gathering happening while we were in session, and we're not supposed to be campaigning when we're in session. This is like a perfect storm with the census being late, the independent redistricting commission being a little slow, and the primary date being pushed up. The reason that it was passed on a emergency vote last week was that signatures and petitions could be submitted this week. So they wanted to get it done before petitions went to the Secretary of State. The bottom line is, how much do you trust your county party? If you trust the county party, then it's not a big deal. If you want to change your leadership, it is a big deal. Duplicate bills waste time and money. Recorded March 9, 2022. Today's video is about wasting time in the Arizona legislature. Now, if you've ever come down to the legislature or if you have watched us on video, you'll know that some days we are super busy and we might even be working all night long and debating and there's all kinds of flurry. Other days we hardly do anything at all, but there's always stuff happening up here. What I'm talking about today, as far as wasting time, are bills that are either duplicate bills or sort of the same bills. You often hear about mirror bills in the legislature. So a mirror bill is when a senator and a representative run exactly the same language in their respective houses. Let's say there's an SB 1001, and it's exactly like HB 2001. And with a mirror bill, what happens usually, but not all the time these days, what usually happens is if SB 1001 passes the Senate first, when HB 2001 is heard in the House, they, there will be a substitution. So they will get rid of the House bill and we will vote on the Senate bill. That sort of makes sense. But still, those mirror bills went through all the committees in both houses. Sometimes they get different amendments because the House and the Senate are different. They have different 
different personalities, different members, different chairs of those committees. And so it gets to be kind of a mess. But what's even worse than the mirror bills are the bills that are duplicates, but just a little bit different, because then you really have to study these. And so my example for today is a set of bills that is going through the House and the Senate. There's eight bills. There's four sets of two bills. There's a bill and then there's a ballot referral for each one of these. And so it deals with property tax exemptions for veterans. All of them fix the property tax for veterans. Veterans already get a homeowner's rebate of 50%. This gives them an exemption for their disability. And so what they're doing with the veterans is that they're going to uh, change it from 50% to whatever percent they're disabled. So if they're 100% disabled, they'll get more of a property tax break. And then there are some other things in this bill. Representative Carter has a set, which is HB 2454 and the ballot referral, HCR 2017. This was a set of bills that was worked out with the counties. So I have no problem with this. This is not a new exemption. It's just changing the exemption that's already existing. But the problem is that there's three other sets. Senator Mesnard has a set that's like Carter's, but a little bit different. And so his is SB 1095 and SCR 1011. That went through two Senate committees, passed the Senate, has gone through one House committee and is stuck in rules. Also, Senator Wendy Rogers and Representative Payne have mirror bills. She has SB 1034 and SCR 1009. He has HB 2665 and HCR 2027. Hers went through three committees, but never got to the floor of the Senate. His passed the House and is in the Senate. And so you can see we have these eight bills wandering around. One set's dead. The other three sets are still alive. And it's like, why are we doing this? Here we have four different all Republicans you know, representatives and senators who are working on the same issue, but obviously didn't talk to each other. In committee, when I asked Senator Mesnard about these other versions, he claimed not to know that there were three other legislators who were doing sort of the same thing that he was doing. Think about the staff time. Somebody had to write up those bills. Somebody had to duplicate them. Somebody had to put them on the RTS system. Somebody had to distribute the papers to the legislators. We had to learn about them in a staff briefing. We had to debate them in committee. We debated them on the floor of the House. You can see how the amount of staff time and legislator time just snowballs, not to mention constituents who are logging in on RTS on all these bills. I don't get this. I don't know why these people are not forced to work together and come up with one version of what they want to do instead of having eight bills that we have to hear and only two of them are necessary. We are also seeing in the House these days that sometimes mirror bills are not being consolidated. So mirror bills are allowed both to progress through both houses and all the committees. And it's like, why are we doing this? I mean, the mirror bills are the same, but these other bills that are a little bit different, these may conflict with each other. There's going to have to be some sort of work done to collapse them together. And so it's just a big waste of time that could be accomplished up front if people actually talk to each other and work together. And you'll note, these are all Republicans. These are four sets of Republican bills that are being heard. Democratic bills, psh, we're lucky if we get one heard every once in a while, not eight, with six of them being unnecessary. 
It wouldn't be a session of the Arizona legislature without some anti-worker bills. Recorded March 10, 2022. You know, it wouldn't be a legislative session without a few anti-worker bills. It's pretty darn predictable that the Republicans are going to propose at least a few of them every year. Today's video is about three anti-worker bills that are in the legislature right now. One of them is dead for now. One of them is stalled for now, and the other one is pretty much alive. And you know what they say in the legislature, nothing is really dead until sine die, which is Latin for the end of the session. So I'm going to start with the one that it's very much alive, and that is HB 2253. This is about exposure to asbestos at the workplace. It makes it much harder for workers to basically catalog all their exposures, where they were exposed, when they were exposed, the dates, the product that they were exposed to. It gives a lot of requirements for people who want to claim a workplace exposure to asbestos. I think this is onerous regulation on the person who might have been harmed at work. It also includes a clause that says if the person does not provide all of this information, that the claim can be thrown out. So this is a bad bill. If you are on request to speak, it is in the Senate right now. So you can give 2253 a thumbs down because it's an anti-worker bill. The next one is HCR 2031. This is a preemption bill. Basically, it is a ballot referral that would, if passed by the voters, it would say that local municipalities cannot control wages. This is obviously a reaction to the city of Flagstaff and the city of Tucson having citizens initiatives that raise the minimum wage. Basically, the legislature doesn't want anybody to do that again. It says that wages are a statewide concern and the legislature needs to control everything. And that's a Cobb bill. That bill is currently stalled, but still alive. So again, RTS, thumbs down. The last bill is another Cobb bill. It is HB 2001. This preempts local governments from requiring contract negotiations with unions. You know that sometimes when the cities have big contracts that they put out, they say these should be union jobs, which would require the businesses to do collective bargaining with the unions. HB 2001 would say that the city cannot require union jobs on these contracts. So it is another preemption bill of local control. This bill died in the House, but as I said, nothing has really died until the end of the session. Keep on a lookout for HB 2001. These are the only three worker bills that I know about now, but there could be more Senate bills hiding in there that are against workers. And I stand with workers and I'll be looking out for you. Anyway, three of them right now. Hopefully there aren't any more bad ones out there for workers. Remembering Senator David Bradley on the floor of the Arizona House, recorded March 14, 2022. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise to make a comment. Please. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And thank you very much for the family for such a beautiful service this morning and for coming to the House to hear the uh, memorial that was read today. Uh, my service in the House overlaps somewhat with Dave Bradley's service in the Senate, but I remember him because I was his constituent for many years in the old LD-28. 
I remember Steve Farley and Bruce Wheeler and, and Dave Bradley coming to the LD28 meetings, and Bruce and Dave were all gloom and doom about how horrible it was up here and the terrible bills that were being passed. And Dave would stand up and say, okay, those guys are right, but we're going to get this done. We're going to do this. You know, it's okay. And Dave always had a story and a, and a kind word for all of us. And he also had a lot of jokes. So I'm going to tell one of Dave Bradley's famous jokes today. Uh, he always warned the, the new legislators, don't eat all the free meals you're offered because there's always something attached, either money and ask or calories or all three. So be careful because the free meals aren't free at the legislature. And thank you so much for sharing, Dave, with us. And uh, thank you all. And uh, go in peace. Isn't that what he said? Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to A View from the Left Side today. If you enjoyed the show, please consider liking this podcast on social media and becoming a subscriber. This is Representative Pam Powers Hanley signing off. Until next time, please take care of yourself, stay healthy, and stay vigilant.